Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, y'all? It's that time. Believe in Kentucky time with the 96 champ, the MOP of the tournament, the NBA vet, double zero, Tony Duck. My name is Benny Hardy. How we doing, TD? Benny, all is good, man. I'm, I'm trying to get prepared for a, a newer year, which will be 2021. Uh, we're not far away, so I'm excited about this year ending. And us seeing uh, a new year with hopefully some better things and, and and more blessings for you, myself, and so many other people that listen to our podcast. For sure, it was it was rough when you had you know old timers and people way older than us saying they hadn't seen anything like this. That lets you know it was it was something else. Yeah, this pandemic was real. You know, and for us us newcomers to a pandemic, you know, my. It's crazy. So my dad was born back when, you know, the, the Spanish flu hit. And I was like, man, that's a long time ago. But um, I, I think what's going on now is, you know, we're getting getting through some of this, but it still was a lot of unknown for us. Still was trying to figure out, like, you know, how do we, you know, not spread something uh, to other people, uh, keep our distance, which, you know, this country, especially in the South, you know, we, we really like to be on – be up on top of people and you know we really have to back up and really reassess how we uh how we travel how we move i mean it was, it was different now, that's that's the toughest thing for me as someone that loves to travel and be on the road um you know, my travel came to a halt for for a few months and i still didn't feel safe to travel but um you know i think with, with more more doctors giving us some, some better insight and, and just people trying to do the best they can to protect not only themselves but others. You know, I thought we did a much better job towards the end of this year than in the beginning. Because in the beginning, I don't think anyone really believed and understood the effect of it until people started dying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that's when it it hits home. You know, we, yeah, should, we, it should, does. we should heed warnings better and not let it get to that point. But, you know, we, we drag our feet sometimes and then, oh, you know, and and that's been the case through history. You know, like look, Mount St. Helens, people evacuate, and people just yes. you know and nope. drag your feet, and then oh oh, then it's too late, and and you're in trouble. Yeah, and like I say, you know, I, I think wise people, you know, you learn from other people's mistakes, you know, and 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 that's where I think when this first started, you know, we really wasn't taking it seriously, and it always starts at the top, you know, when the top person sees it happening. And it should take it should have taken so many deaths for us to realize that man, you know, it's not only killing people um, in this country, but it was killing people around the world. And this pandemic was real, and 
it affected a lot of people. It, a lot of people lost their lives. And, and then just from the job situation, you know, from um, economic situation, you know, it, it, it was tough on businesses that probably just started. And for some of those who had been in business for a while, you know, you, it's hard to recover when you can't really have, you know, your normal participant, your regulars coming to your restaurant, you know, because that's what most of these big time restaurants, you know, they have people that, you know, from the chef to the waitresses to, um, you know, to your employees, your customers, everyone has to be uh, in contact with each other. And most restaurants, you know, the best ones, I mean, most of the time they're going to be overpacked. You know, that's going to be because when you have that good food, man, we're all trying to get some of that good food. But, I mean, we really had to slow it down. Yeah, yeah, I've had to change the way we go about things and, and figure it out and adjust and get all these protocols in place on the fly. Sure did. Had to, had to learn a whole new way. Well, to- but you know what? Hold on. Hold on. I, I, I want to get to you on something, man. You, you text me doing a game. And I kind of felt offended, you know what I'm saying? Like, but but you know, this text came in after your team had secured a victory because you know I was thinking to myself, I'm like, this team that I'm talking about, you know, which would be your Cowboys. I said, you know, a few weeks ago, you you, you never texted me doing some, doing any 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 Tennessee Titan game, maybe once. And I'm like, this dude really texted me doing a game about his Cowboys who beat a bad team, the Eagles, which okay. You know, we thought the Eagles had improved and gotten better, but obviously, you know, with, with Carson Wentz not not being the quarterback and uh, Jalen Hurst stepping up and had a had a had a, a good first game, but reality set in when they had a really scouting report on you. And I thought about them like y'all won three games in a row. You beat you beat the Giants, bad team, the Niners, a bad team, and you beat the Eagles, a struggling team with Jalen Hurst, you know, with second or third start, and you gonna text me. When my Titans are playing in one of the toughest places uh, against the hottest quarterback, they probably will be the MVP this year, Aaron Rodgers, in that cold-ass Lambeau Stadium. And I'm like, it's really – okay, cool. All right. So the worst-case scenario is your team might win the worst division probably in the history of the NFL. Yes. What you got to say about that? But I mean – as far as the timing of the text, I, I can't help when Dallas played in relation to when the Titans were playing. And, you know, I just I just got to text you whenever the Titans lose. They don't lose as frequently as my Cowboys, so I, I got to get you when I can. That's that's all it is. So so this is what we call that. So so you're telling me that if your team had a loss – so, see, it's, it's a little bit different when your team lose, then you can't really text. You know, you can't really send a message or call unless your team wins. Because the first thing I was, I would have, I would have said, your team lost today, yeah. but you knew your team had won. Yeah. So it was like, oh, let me, yeah, we, we let me poke back. at the bear. If let we, me let me poke at the bear over here. You know what I'm saying? So I, really, that's what you did, man. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of, I kind of got offended, but I'm like, hold on, man. This team, team, your team is in the worst division. That I mean, I can't, I can't. Even, come on, you're the worst division, and y'all, and even if y'all get in, y'all get in with a losing record. Yeah, you know, it's it's a down year for the division, but historically that is the, the most prestigious division in football. We know this with all the all the We got what 12, 13 Super Bowls in that division. So historically yeah. speaking, that is the preeminent division in NFL history. 
But I, I recall I, give you that. I recall Thanksgiving Day getting a text with a picture of your TV screen with the score of the Washington game on it. So I just I had to send the score. <laughs> I had to send a yeah. story when it was 19 nothing Green Bay. I was like, well, let me take a picture of my TV and send it to TD. But 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 you gotta understand this too now. We're talking about Washington that doesn't have a quarterback. They just we'll talk about this too. They just mm-hmm. released their quarterback. They let you know how bad they were. You know, they, they went to Alex Smith and Alex Smith was having a really good season. And then, like I say, it came it's he had calf soreness, and then they went to Haskins and, and, and this man just got waved. We're talking about that Washington Redskins team. So we go to Lambeau Field playing against the hottest quarterback who will be named the NFL MVP, and it's snowing. So there's a difference in team. We're not talking about the Washington Redskins. I had Joe Riggin and, and back in the day, uh, Daryl Green. You know, that Washington Redskins team that won a Super Bowl, we're talking about Washington Redskins, they only have a name. They're not in the Redskins anymore. They're Washington. Excuse me for calling them the Redskins. I apologize for that, but they are Washington. So y'all lost to Washington. Twice. Don't have a mascot. Don't twice. have a name. Lost Seriously? Those two got smoked twice by, by yeah, three touchdowns. Exactly. You know, but, yeah, you know, I just got to get you when I can because y'all are contenders, supposedly. Yeah, are. Supposedly, you know. We're trying to get in. We, hey, listen. You beat we're Baltimore trying to get in. and Indianapolis. That might be the only two good teams y'all have beaten. But still, y'all have won 10-plus games. And you're I, gonna I was about to say, hey, so listen. you got to give credit we, where it's due. We, we, have, we have another winning season, <laughs> and, and y'all didn't have one last year. Y'all was what? When y'all finished with 8-8, eight eight, y'all was a fine team. Got y'all coach fired and was <laughs> on pace to get this coach fired too. But, you know, uh, I guess Andy Dalton playing against these, these mediocre teams was able to put three good games together. And I'm like, okay, all right. So I hope y'all get in with that 79 record. Yeah, you know, which I think Washington still has to lose to Philly, which who knows if Philly is even motivated to show up since Washington don't have a quarter Washington don't have a quarterback right now. Who who, who I don't even know who's gonna be their quarterback. Tyler Henneke, whoever, some dude from, I don't even know if he started in the league. I think Kevin. Man, that sounds like, that sound like, ba- sound like a really good baseball player. Yeah, or beer, Heineken, Henneke, Heineken. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? And, and we could talk about, we could talk about Haskin, who was given a lot of opportunities this year. And when you get that many opportunities, I think you got you to gotta make the best of them, but also, when you get those opportunities, you know, you got to capitalize, and he didn't do a good job of capitalizing. And they, they said, and this is this is where Daniel Snyder and Jerry Jones are just alike. They said that Ron Rivera coming in didn't want any parts of Haskins, and you know how that, that power struggle is with a new coach coming in. He wants his guy and all that. But – Snyder wanted to keep him, but the reason that the Redskins, what the football team drafted Haskell in the first place is because he went to high school with Snyder's kids. He's from the area, hometown kid, and that was like the biggest motivation for Snyder even drafting him in the first place. Well, I think it makes it makes a lot of sense when you can draft someone and, you know, he can help you sell tickets, but also, you know, he can bring in, you know, some – you know, some, some different fans. Cause when you play at the Ohio state, you know, you do have a body of a lot of fan fan base and people that's going to follow, you know, a, a successful quarterback. And that's what he was. But I, I still think what really hurt him was the, 
the immaturity. And, and that comes from experience, you know, just being a guy that's, that's in the league, you know, making money. But, um, you know, you really have to be good at your craft because if you're good at your craft, then that gives you a little leeway. You know, they could, you know, they, they will stay with you a little bit longer. But when you, when your craft is not on point, then that's when you're going to have a problem. And I think that's what usually happens to teams and players, especially a player like him, is that he was trying to figure out, you know, where, where is my, where's the best place for me to be? How do I become the best player I can possibly be? But, you know, you have to have a better leadership and also you have to take some onus on yourself. And I think with him, it was tough because he never really got a chance to, to have any success. And, we saw what happened. They was like, listen, you know, you out partying, you go, you know, you're not, you're not taking care of your business. And so they, they had a justifiable reason to get rid of him. Jamarcus Russell, and we know how his career played out with the, with the purple drink and everything he was doing with the Raiders. He's, he, had, <laughs> he had almost twice as many starts before his career flamed out as Haskins. I think Haskins made 13 starts. Russell made 25, 26 starts. So as, as bad as it was for Has, uh, Russell, Haskins didn't even make it half as long as Russell. So that's, that's, that tells you something right there. Well, you know, also I think there was, there was more money tied in. There was more money, money tied into him. You know what I'm saying? Like Haskins, it wasn't as much money tied into him. I think Russell, you probably had about 40, 50 million guaranteed and, you know, the salary cap is nowhere near it, uh, where it's at now. So you would take a huge hit if you don't – if you let that player go that early. And then also, like I said, number one pick, it's, it's a little bit different when mm-hmm. you're the 15th pick. That number one pick, you know, you, you can't – as much as you want to get rid of him, you cannot ride – you know, you cannot get rid of him in like, you know, in a year or two or three years. You at least got to keep giving them chance and keep giving them opportunities. And I think that's the difference between, you know, the players is – that you know one was the number one draft pick one was the 15th pick and you can you can kind of see which direction they want to go in and that direction was like okay you know what we got to give this we got to give Russell more time I think with, with Haskin you know it wasn't it wasn't even justifiable to give him more time you know it was like okay listen we can move on especially when Alex Smith came back and probably would probably could be your comeback player of the year he was playing really good football I mean he had them in the hunt you know to win that division and um, so if you think about Haskin, the last game he played, he was playing for his job. I can't lie. That's a lot of pressure. But that's pressure he put himself on under, and especially when you're going out to a club and, you know, not having the mask on, the team find you – well, not well, the team find you 40000 The league didn't even get a chance to come in and do a fine. So they – I think they made the right decision, and uh, hopefully he get a second chance to come back and try to do this thing again. And – and I tell you what, coming back a second time, I tell you what, he'll he'll be more mature. Yeah, yeah. Because I can tell you one thing: you, hey, when, when you have when you have your quarterback, you look you look a hey, you handsome with money, you got power. But now he he's just a normal dude. Now he has little, he has money in his bank account. But you're normal. You're a normal player now. You know what I'm saying? You're not even in the league anymore. And and now everybody's in your business because of social media. Everybody knows who you are. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Y'all, we rolling along. Like like TD said, we appreciate all the listeners that tune in to Believe in Kentucky. Believe.com. Go straight there and listen. Go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars. Put comments on there. That just helps the podcast 
to continue to grow. We definitely, definitely appreciate it. If you want to advertise your business or product, feel free to do so. Contact them at Believe.com and let them know you want to advertise on Believe in Kentucky, just like our good friends at La Terrain. Dave and Ben, they got a variety of watches, the Voyager, the Red Crest. TD has been endorsing them for a long time. TD's got so much clout with La Terrain. He's about to get his own custom-made Tony <laughs> Delk special deluxe edition watch. So look out for that. LaTerrain.com. We always appreciate them sponsoring the podcast. Yeah, like I said, La Terrain, Dave, and those, those guys do a phenomenal job of just you know, putting out some classy timepieces. And, you know, most important thing about us men is having on something that, you know, we can look down at and really enjoy. So when you have a, a cool timepiece on your wrist, uh, it draws attention. And what I like about it is, you know, he has a classy, but also he has the one that you can wear casually with sweat. So, you know, just a, a good, a nice, clean watch. And they've done a phenomenal job at, you know, not only – get them to athletes, but just to, to different people, uh, everyday people, you know, like I say, and that's the most important thing is understanding who your audience is and what you got to do to keep that audience is have something nice. And then we'll, well, we've been, we've done a good job of just spreading the word, just making sure that people know La Terrain, they do exist. Yeah, for sure. So get yourself one, tell them you heard about the product on the Believing Kentucky podcast. Upgrade that wrist with a lot of rain time piece. And as always, thanks to our good friends at Sea Blue, hosting every episode of this podcast on their website. I appreciate Jason Markham, Big Blue Drew, and everybody over there for doing that. We got to hit up on our, our struggling cats real quick. In addition to other stuff, we bounce around. We started off talking NFL trash and, you know, me offending Tony by texting about his Titans during the game. But you know, we, we got to get to our cats for a minute. One and six. Lost to Louisville, 62 to 59. Uh, was supposed to play South Carolina last night. That didn't work. It got postponed because South Carolina has COVID issues. They had a closed secret scrimmage against Transylvania. And then they play at Mississippi State Saturday. I know you guys played exhibition games back in the day, athletes in action and stuff like that. Were there any scrimmages against the Transier or Georgetown College or something like that back when y'all were playing? Hey, listen, I just want to know, did they win? That's all I want to know. Did they beat Transit? Because, you know, we, we got to end this lose. Hey, we got to end this losing streak. It says, according to according to Cal Tucker from The Athletic and Matt Jones from KSR, it, it, was, a, it was a scrimmage, but Cal would kind of step on the floor and stop play and, and have, like, teaching <laughs> moments. But if it had been a score kept, Kentucky would have won comfortably is what the – what the word on the street is. Okay, that's all I need to hear, man. <laughs> you kind of scared me. I'm like, oh, man, we lost the transit too? <laughs> hey, man, hey, hey 20, 2020 got to end at some point in time. Uh, hey, man, we, we got to get into 2021 because it's been bad for the cats. And, you know, if we, if we spoke in another podcast, you know, the, the difference is just not having – the veteran leadership, like that makes a huge difference in how, you know, your, your teaching moments are because you have teachers on the floor and it's hard for 18 year old kids to teach each other how to play basketball. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you're not doing well yourself and then you try to be my teacher, you know, but when you have someone that's been there and they've seen success is they can help you through that, you know, and they just don't have those, those teachers on the floor right now. So a lot of, a lot of what they are learning, 
is they're learning things on the fly. And, and it's been tough. And it has been, um, at some points, you know, just, gosh, man, these dudes really got to learn how to play, you know, better team basketball, but also making better decisions, you know. And, and, and the difference from high school to college is, like, just the scouting report. You know, we, we know exactly the play call, the place, the, the sets that Coach Cal is going to run. And from a personnel standpoint, we know if a guy is stronger going right or stronger going left, if he's a good mid-range shooter, if he's a good three-point shooter. Um, you know, so really teams have done a good job of scouting them. And uh, they just haven't been able to to figure it out, like like who who is the one guy they can go to, who, who can get us a bucket in a in a situation where we need to score. If we gone a few a few possessions, a few trips up the court, where now the ball hasn't gone in the basket, who's that one guy we can go to? So you're still searching for an identity, and you know I thought we played Louisville extremely well. You know we put ourselves in position. You know Sar, yeah he missed he missed the open shot. But also, he, he he didn't make a field goal against North Carolina and hadn't made a field goal that game, you know. And But he, he got a shot that he could make. How Now, ex, explain that, though. Like, I think Sar had 16 shot attempts, whoever they played, before North Carolina. That was – was it Georgia Tech? No, Notre Dame. 11 for 16 against Notre Dame. He didn't even get a shot against North Carolina. And then 0 for 4 – against Louisville and is that I mean we know he's still foul prone and makes silly fouls and, and yeah that cuts in his time been on the floor but is that him not fighting hard in the post is that still the point guards not getting him the ball what he, what's the big problem for him not even I mean four shots in two games and he's yeah. played against these ACC teams before he, he came from Wake Forest yeah. he played against Carolina played against Louisville yeah. played against Georgia Tech he, he played all these teams last year yeah I mean, I, I have to agree. Like, like that's on him. I mean, you, you're not a 18 year old kid. Like, you transferred in as a player that that's that's supposed to have been helping us. And you know, you have helped us in, in, in games where you have played extremely well. So, for me, it, it's the he's very inconsistent. And 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 being foul prone is there's there's good fouls and bad fouls. You know, and he's. He's at an age right now. If he's trying to play professionally and make money, some of these fouls, man, uncalled for. It's, it's like it's like a guy coming down the court and kicks the ball out of bounds or just lose the ball to someone. That's unforced. Like these fouls, when you know the guy has an established position, and what did I think the referee turned his turned his head and is not looking when I jump over his back, or when someone grabbed the ball, you try to reach in and get a steal, like. Some of these plays, man, is, is is I know Cal is over there scratching his head, and and his assistant Tony Barber the same thing. Like, are you serious, dude? Do you really want to play? Because I look at it now is now sometimes guys guys know how to check out a game too. So that's what you got to understand too. Well, you know what? I'm gonna get these fouls, and I'm, I'm uh, you know, and coach gonna take me out of the game. But I'm I'm at the point right now is I'm waiting for someone to step up and say, okay, I have to lead this team. And the maturity level going back to Haskin for younger guys, it's, it's a little bit different because think about everything that's happened this year. Now you become a, a independent kid because now you don't have that curfew uh, coming home at a certain time. You still have your classes, you have your practices. So now you're being an adult and you haven't, it's hard to be an adult when someone's not teaching you how to be, how to be an adult. 
And that's when that vet, those veterans there would have definitely helped the young players out. But these young players, you know, I, and I told somebody this before, I haven't, I don't think I've ever seen it at the bottom of, of the SEC conference. Like looking at it, I'm like, we're really at the bottom of the standings. Wow. Like the very, like the bottom, bottom. And, and that's something that I know, you know, Coach Cal and, you know, his staff are working every day, you know, to change that with teach these guys how to play basketball. But until it comes from the players that they got to compete for 40 minutes and now it doesn't matter who the opponent is. Like now everybody thinks they can beat you. So whoever the next opponent is, they're going to be thinking the same thing. Oh, man, we can beat this Kentucky team. Until, you know, you got to stop getting punched in the face. You got to punch somebody back in the face. And check this out. It is it's Mississippi State. It's down there Saturday night. I think it starts at six. They've never beaten Kentucky since Cal has been there. So you and there's been some close games. The the mm-hmm. SEC tournament game with Wall and Boogie and ah uh, yes. Had to get that I was actually field. on the staff. <laughs> I was on the staff for that game when my man, hey, when Big Boogie came, Boogie came up using. And on the other side was a kid from Brownsville, Tennessee, from my hometown. All-time leading shot blocker. See if, see if you know who that guy is. I think he's the NCAA all-time leading shot blocker. Bernardo? You got it. You got it. My man. Jarvis, Jarvis, Jarvis Bernardo. Brownsville. Okay. Brownsville, Tennessee. Yes, he is. Yes, he is, man. And let's see. Your Was it your cousin? Was it Reginald that played for them, too? Uh, he played for Mississippi State. Reg- Richard and Reginald, both both the uh, the twins played for Mississippi State, and then one transferred to Troy, one transferred to Louisville. Okay, uh, but they but they started they started at Mississippi State. So you know, and and you know this, all, all streaks come to an end. So that's what I'm seeing with this streak. You know, Mississippi State will be a, a tough team. It's always tough. Tough. It was tough for us to go down there and play. You know. Um, and I think, like I said, Starkville is always going to be a tough place. But, you know, get, get some reps in, get some practice in, practices in. Uh, they will help. But, you know, it's, you know how it is. It's tough to go on the road and win SEC, man. You know, so they, it's not going to be an easy game for them. They have to be ready to play for 40 minutes. Uh, have to guard without fouling. Sorry, he definitely got to, you know, stay on the floor because we really need – because here's something else, too. We need you, dude. It's, it's not like, you know, we can – other guys can come in and bring energy. But Coach Cal is was really relying on his maturity and him being a veteran and him making smarter decisions on the court. And I just haven't seen that, you know. So we kind of wait for him to turn turn the corner and, and, and you know, and hopefully, you know, it, it can start it can start against Mississippi State. We'll see. Yeah. And you you think back, you know, they are just dying for easy buckets. You know, the the plays where, and again, you know, point guards has been an issue as well. Get in there, penetrate in the lane. You you draw the defense. You lob it up to the bigs for the alley oops. We're not seeing that. We you know we saw that for Willie Collistein, Nick Richards, all the bigs that have been there. We're not seeing that this year. I don't know if that's the bigs or if that's on the point guard. Or have, can you tell? <laughs> how we can't even get easy buckets like that. Like that's 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 been a staple of Cal's offense. It has been, but you know also he he's had guards that have been really good at breaking down the defense, collapsing the defense, getting in the paint. And that's what usually draws the big is when a guard can beat somebody off the bounce, get deep in the paint, draw the big, and then throw it to the rim. I mean, yeah, it, it has been something that Coach Cal has been ex- – has done extremely well, you know, from just having 
the right point guard that can beat you off the bounce. And either you step up or either he gets a layup and he's going to put you in the bind. Nobody really puts us in the bind right now. So now that big doesn't really have to leave because if you're not finishing at the basket and if you can't beat your guy off the bounce, there's no need to help right now. So I think offensively, they're still trying to searching for that player that can, that can draw the defense, that can collapse the defense. And it's been really difficult because now you really – because what usually happens when you have that really elite point guard, he breaks you down so fast that now you in, you into rotation. So somebody has to leave a shooter, somebody has to leave a big. Now they really don't have to do that because if you can contain the ball, there's no help. So guys stay at home. And that's what I've been seeing. So, you know, you have to have someone that can really break down the defense, draw and dish, also pass to the outside. And it's hard when that guy is still trying to run an offense that he's not familiar with. Yeah. So would ask you, Ben, you know, it's, it's, it's a new offense for them, you know, and, and it's, it's great. It would have been great for both of those guys to have been a backup to maybe to a quickly or Hagen, you know, because now you can kind of sit back and assess your role, what you need to do. But we need we needed like an Ashton Hagen a quickly that those guys are ready right now but because they also have experience. And that can be your – the point guard can be your most inexperienced position. That's what we're, that's what we're seeing right now is that position is so inexperienced. Mm-hmm. And like the defensively, they're they're giving up sixty six points a game. Opponents shooting twenty eight percent from three, forty one percent from two. If you score sixty eight or seventy points, we're not even having this conversation. But it's a struggle. These they haven't scored what sixty five points. They score eighty one against Morehead State, and then it's been sixty four, sixty three, sixty four, fifty nine. I mean, you can't hold people 58 points a game every night, but this yeah. struggle to get to – we can't even get to 70 points a game right now. Man, it, it, it looked like some games like in the in the 40s and 50s that we're watching <laughs> right now. With the way – with us watching high-octane basketball with so many threes going up, you know, you just think about – think last night um, with Milwaukee, 29 threes in a game. Man, I that's, knew, that's, I, yeah, I was thinking about you. You would love a game man. like that. Oh my God! What you shoot? You shoot fifty threes in a game, and you make more than half those threes, man. That's what I'm saying. But that's where you know Kentucky just don't have scores like that. You know, guys that can go out. You know, multi. You want to have multiple decision makers, multiple ball handlers, multiple defenders that can guard different people. But we just don't have anyone can get us twenty. You know, two two or three players getting twenty. Then another player chip in with seven, eight, nine, you know, off the bench. That's how you get the numbers up to the, the 80s and the 90s is that you got four or five players in double figures. So when I look at teams and you almost got to have three guys that can get you double figures on a nightly basis. And I'm not talking about the 10, the 10, the 10. You need to, the higher, the higher, like close to 20. And then I need a bench. My bench needs to be able to get me 50 to 20 points or 20 to 30 points when my starters are not playing well. And we just don't – like, that That combination has – we haven't seen that yet. Like, we, we, they haven't put that body of work together. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's so much work in progress. And from the defensive side of the ball, the offensive side of the ball, the shooting on the outside, 
being able to penetrate on the inside, get into the foul line. Like there's so many levels that we haven't seen that they haven't, haven't even gotten close to. So that's one of the reasons why we've seen these low-scoring games because no one really could score in bunches. And we, we've, seen, we've seen our team go through some, I mean, through some, some droughts. And I'm not talking about like two or three-minute droughts, like four, five, six, seven, eight-minute droughts. And you can't really have that if you're going to be – if you're going to call yourself an elite team. And we're not calling ourselves elite right now. We're far from being elite. But we have elite talent on paper. So what you see on paper, we're not getting the same production on the court. Do you think Cal needs to maybe tweak his philosophy you know, and and get a few more knockdown shooters? He loves the long length and tall athletic guys, but just some snipers. Do you yes. think he needs to maybe add a few more of them to the roster when you put these recruiting classes together? I mean, John, Absolutely. Johnny Juzang, I mean, if he stayed, maybe we wouldn't have this conversation. Um or, or maybe hang on to the ones when you get them. Yes. Try to get them to stay or, or something. Yeah. Like Johnny Juzang would be somebody that, that you know, that could have helped us out this year. And you write, you write about just the having, you know, the long, lengthy players are good. But how the game has changed right now, you got to have shooters on the court. You know, because if you don't have shooters on the court, now they're just going to guard you at the boxes and elbows. And, and the court shrinked. So how can I keep that that spacing on the court is by having shooters. And that's the one thing I, I think when you start losing players and you can't lose shooters. Like it's one thing to lose a long athletic player. Ah, okay, cool. You know, but I got to have shooting. Shooting is at a premium right now. Like, like you need guys that can make buckets and knock down shots from the outside. And because now if you're making three, three stretch the game out. We, we, we've seen that on the NBA level. We've seen it on the collegiate level. If you're making seven, eight, nine, ten, ten, eleven threes a game, and another team is making three, now that team is, is in the negative when it comes to threes, and we're in the positive. So we just don't have that. We just don't have, like, that, that as you said, those snipers. And you can put two or three snipers on the court, and you have a point guard that can break down the defense, a big that's at the basket, where are you going to help from? You can't really help – you can't help off of anyone, and they haven't created that. So I, I think Coach Cal and his staff will go back to the drawing board and, you know, uh, some of these guys hopefully will stay, which would make them veterans for next season. But if I'm him, I'm telling my staff, guys, I need shooters. And if we got to stay in the state to get shooters, I need four or five shooters for next year because I don't ever want to be in a position where, you know – I don't know if we're gonna make a three or not, and that team over there, you know, and that's that's kind of how I was looking now. Like there is no one I trust when 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 the ball leaves their hand, and even the last second shot by Boston is okay. He's probably shooting what fourteen, fifteen percent maybe, yeah, if, if that high. So he can't be the guy taking the last second shot, you know, to win the game for the three point line. Is I'm putting the ball in somebody else's hand, you know, into my best three point shooter shooter's hand, but. When you have four or five of those guys and, and, and coaches on the other side would tell you, it's really hard to guard late in the game with a really good point guard, a, a, a decent big, and shooters on the court, where are we going to lead? Like, we can't really leave anyone. And I think, you know, he'll definitely, you know, retool to, to, a, to, a, to a degree where, you know, we'll start seeing more shooters there. And then, I, like I told you before, you know, sometimes when you have these shooters, you don't know if they're going to leave or not because 
those Tyler Heroes was was a good shooter. You know, you look at Devin Booker, these these knockdown shooters, and they leave after one year. Yeah. So dang, I I have to go back and recruit somebody else like him. Right. I was texting a, a teammate of yours because I'm gonna try to get him on here over the next couple of weeks. But you know, I've had this conversation with Cameron Mills several times, face to face. He said on his radio show. Rick Pitino would just straight up told him, we're going to have to hide you on defense, but he would get on the floor <laughs> because of his shooting. Yeah. So I don't think Cal wants to – he wants – he still puts the emphasis on defense more than shooting. He's not willing to put a guy out there that can't guard, even though he might can give you some buckets on the other end. Man, listen, the game has changed, you know, and, and that's where you got to be – you got to be creative with guys who aren't good defenders. You know, if you got good defenders around them, like even with Cam, even when he played a little bit with us uh, in 96, and, you know, we got a chance to see him at practice. But, but we knew what he did well, so we knew we had to have his back. You know, like, you know, as long, long, long as he competed, he played hard, we knew how to cover up some of his deficiencies, you know. And that's what good players do to help out a good shooter because we need him on the court. He keeps the court space because you got to stay at home on him. So we're going to help him out on the defensive end and we know what he provides and brings us on the offensive end. So it's like you got to know what you have, but when you don't have good shooters, is it hurts you in today's game. And that's the difference in watching our guys play and watching a really good team like Gonzaga play, you know, is that they have multiple scores and multiple shooters on the court. They have guys that can make good decisions, but also a veteran team, you know. And that's, and, and, and that's where I give Coach Cal a lot of credit, and I don't really – I don't beat them up because getting 18-year-old kids to buy in when they've never bought in and they've been really good AAU situations where they've always had the ball in their hand, and then you're telling these 18-year-old kids, hey, I need y'all to play as a team. I need y'all to play as a unit. I need you to pass the ball, screen, cut through, uh, you know, rebound the ball, foul, you know, rebound without fouling or play defense without fouling and just make good decisions, make good sound decisions, and take your shot when you open you know, we know that at, at this age they're going to make layups, but now I need you to take shots when you're open to loosen up the defense. But teams know, and after you miss a couple of shots in the game, I know you don't want to shoot the ball no more. So now I ain't got to guard you, you know. And and, and when, when once the offense starts flowing, you know, you're not making shots. Now everybody becomes gun shy. Nobody wants to take a shot. So now you start seeing that ball move around, and then the shot clock is winding down. Then you got to take a fourth shot or a challenge shot. And those are not the shots that you want. So, really, I, I hate it for this team that they didn't get a preseason. And they have played a solid a solid schedule, a tougher schedule than I, I guess, you know, he would go back and say, man, we probably should have opened up against some, some, some lesser opponents to get our guys comfortable playing with each other. And then you could have played, you know, the North Carolinas, uh, you know, the – the better teams out there, the Richmond, who was a solid team. And, um, you know, and then once you get the conference play, conference play is what it is. There ain't no, you can't afford that. And you're going to have to play against a, a tough, you know, a tough Tennessee team. Missouri is going to be a solid team. Arkansas is a good team. So we have good teams like Georgia's, I mean, playing much better than, than they have played, you know, even last year having, you know, Anthony Edwards there. So, mm-hmm. you know, we got to work, we got to work cut out for us in the conference this year. You mentioned maybe Cal having to stay in the state and get a shooter. Well, that that leads us right to what most of the state of Kentucky is just furious about or really just 
dying to see what happens, and that's Dante Allen from Pendleton County, Mr. Basketball last year, known as a shooter, mm-hmm. not much of a defender. He's come in. He played. He's played 20 minutes this year, had some turnovers mm-hmm. against Kansas. I think he hit a three against Kansas. But if given the chance, he's, he's an option for maybe some outside shooting. Cal keeps saying he's going to get his chance, stay ready. He also said, I got to give the guys ahead of him a chance to miss. And that's what Clark and Boston have done a lot of is, is miss. <laughs> but, I mean, is yeah, everybody's like, well, put Allen in. I'm, I'm not saying Allen's going to be the savior. Now, a lot of, a lot of fans are like, he can come in and light it up and be the savior. But I, I at least think he should get an opportunity. If he comes yeah, in, yeah, yeah. it's terrible. Then uh-huh. he might come in and hit four or five threes and he might get beat on defense. Which yeah. would drive Cal crazy, but like you said, the game has changed. You you need some scoring. You are you are struggling to score sixty five points a game. So I'm saying, give him a shot, a legit shot. Put him yeah, out. Yeah. If he if he misses a shot, don't yank him. Let him miss two or three and get in a rhythm and see what he can really do. Is what I'm thinking. Well, it's kind of like you know you look at like a, a Michael Mulder is yeah. you know he got a job because because guess what he can do? He can shoot. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't get a job because, okay, he can play defense or he's a, a super athletic guy. He's a, you know, but what he can do is he can shoot. So you got to give that, you know, you got to give Allen a chance to at least get on the court to see what he can do. And there is a difference between high school threes and, and college threes and how you get those threes in, in high school compared to college. But I also think that those guys, you know, is it's not going to hurt anything because if you got Boston Clark building houses and, and building condominiums, uh, why not give this guy a chance? You know what I'm saying? And, and then you got to try to find a way to hide him either by playing some zone or putting him on a, a one of the worst <laughs> the worst players on the court. But I still need someone who can keep our court space. And if that's him, he has to get playing time. Yeah, just at least be the threat of – because right now, Mintz is the only legit threat to hit a three. Uh, and, you know, he starts shooting a little bit better. I think he's over 30%. He's like 36%. Um, Allen is 33%. And I think – So, you know, Mintz right now is your only outside threat. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, even even against the Louisville game, you know, you, you, you would have hoped that Mintz would have been the one that would have taken last second shot. And, you know, at least he was having a good enough game where, you know, you could, you could understand, okay, man, he takes that shot, you know, to, to win the game. But, you know, you just don't have that outside shooting. You got to you gotta kind of find other ways to score. And, and those ways have uh, have dwindled, you know, because now teams are just saying like, hey, man, you know what, y'all are a poor shooting outside team. Why are we going to guard you out there? So now, you know, you're not going to have guys really guard you hard on the perimeter. Then we just got to protect the paint and make you know just make it we'll challenge as long, as long as we don't give you layups and dunks. Uh, we got a chance to be in every game because we mm-hmm. we don't think we don't think you can make enough threes to beat us. Right. That's how teams are playing them right now. Which is probably if I'm an opposing coach, that's how I would play them. Hey, definitely guard the paint. Don't give up layups. Get back in transition and let's see if these this, let's see if they can score in the half court. So then you put the pressure on them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Man, I got to ask you this because we, we talked, for those of you who listened to the previous episodes, 
Y'all know how Tony feels about cold weather. Y'all know how Tony feels about the snow. <laughs> you, you know, playing in Boston and driving in the snow. Look, he he he's look, he's a warm weather dude. We know this. But if you, Tony Delk, could control the weather in any cold weather city, say you could make any cold weather city feel like San Diego year-round, if you could control the weather, which cold weather city would be your favorite city if you could eliminate that cold weather? Probably be Chicago. Mm. I mean, just, I mean, great food, great shopping, um, you know, a, a really good nightlife. It would be Chicago, man. I, I love going to Chicago in the, uh, in the summertime. Um, you know, just have some of the best restaurants that you ever can, can dine at. Uh, so that, that would be one of my top cities that I would probably change to cold. And, and I like Boston, um, but I think I was only there probably for about two weeks when it was actually nice. Because I got <laughs> traded to Boston in February. Our season ended in June. It was still in the 50s in June. Yeah, crazy. Then I stayed in – I spent my summer in Arizona. Came back to Boston probably, I want to say training camp started, let's say, end of October or November. So I caught the fall, a little cold in. Then that season went until about maybe same time, close to June. And it seemed like it was a nice city to be in in the summertime. But I never gave a chance because I was in Arizona. I was in Phoenix. Yeah. And just you know, but also kind of like you know, gives you that, gives you that 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 look of Chicago, New York, New, New, uh, New York look that most people enjoy. You know, you can actually get out and walk around, and you really can enjoy the city just by walking. That's the one thing I like about as I've gotten older now, I go to some of these places I travel, and I like to just really experience the city. I like to walk around and see the buildings, see the monuments, and that's the one thing I, that I didn't really really get a chance to do in Boston because I felt like when I first arrived there, it was maybe 11, 11 degrees. And I said, I'm never going outside. I can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> so it, it was like three months of, mis of miserable weather that soon as we, we lost that last game, I was on the flight the next morning. I, I had already had my stuff packed about three weeks before the season ended. So I knew whenever that last game was, whether we was on the road, we was in Boston, I'm flying back to Arizona. ASAP. What about Toronto? I mean, is it in the mix or not? not even? Oh yeah, Toronto's. A, ooh, I forgot about. I mean, Toronto's a cool city to, cool city to to visit. Um, and just a city where there's a lot of things to do in the city, and probably some of the nicest people. You know, can, Canadians are nice people. Uh, I was kind of upset when they took the team to Vancouver. I think everyone enjoyed going to Vancouver. Vancouver had a really a uh, really good nightlife. So for guys that flew into Vancouver, we had, we enjoyed our nightlife in Vancouver. But Toronto is just a uh, you know just a smaller New York City to me. That's mm. that's just as cold as New York City right, right about now. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, look, we we talked about pandemic P a lot. When you get beat, you talk about as a player, you were on some teams. You talked about the Bulls. 30-piece in y'all, and, and you've been on the wrong end of some 30-point blowouts. It, it's hard to – isn't it hard to get beat by 50 in the NBA? I mean, everybody's professionals. Isn't it hard to lose by 50? 
It was really, it is, man. Like I've I've seen some some nice thirty. I've I've taken about I've probably taken a thirty piece or forty piece, probably like thirty. I know thirty piece beat down, and I I beat some teams by 30, 40 myself. And even going back to college, man, we beat we beat Tennessee by sixty points one game. It was it was like one of the worst the worst beat downs I ever seen, and I was. I was like, man, and, and and my new Alan Houston's on the court too. So it wasn't like we was playing against, you know, uh <laughs> like some 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 single A players or some players who we never played basketball or a bunch of walk-ons. Like we played against a team. We played against a team that year, and I go back to the NBA at Kentucky. We played against a team that had beaten us in that during that season. And they beat us uh in Knoxville. Yeah. And this cool. was the last, it was the last year they had the SEC tournament in the arena, you know, because every other uh, – on the campus. So, we was in Rupp Arenas, man. When I said we beat them, we destroyed them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I remember this a 60-point beatdown, beating, beating the team by 60 points. Mm-hmm. But to lose by 50 and it was like, it's okay. Like, no, dude, that, that's unacceptable. Like, as a, as a coaching staff, as, 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 a, as a friend of yours, as a parent of yours, you know, I'm I'm embarrassed. Can you understand? Like you didn't lose to the defending champions, you know, the LA Lakers, which you know they always gonna get up for the Lakers. But you lost to the Dallas Mavericks, and and who didn't have Porzingis, and although Luka Doncic was their best player, Luka didn't go for six or seventy points. Mm-hmm. Luka had an okay game, like a 27, 28, 8 and nine. He was okay. So you telling me that's the best we can do? And on top of that, they beat you on your own home court. At least have some pride being, you know, playing on your home court. They had none of the above, and it starts with, 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 with Paul. I can't say I'm not gonna call him Paul George, you know, George <laughs> Paul, but uh, it, it starts with him, Paul George. I mean that when you don't compete like that, and your players see that in you, and there's a reason why some of those guys had some things to say after they blew that three-one lead to uh, to Denver that that. Everything fell on Doc Rivers, but Doc Rivers wasn't, wasn't shooting. Like I say, he didn't hit the side of the backboard. You know, he wouldn't turn the ball over. He wouldn't miss the shots 14 to 16 feet. That that wasn't Doc Rivers. So mm-hmm. he might he might not didn't make the proper adjustments, but still the players got to perform. And I hated that, you know, you were so casual after the game. Like, oh, yeah, it's okay. We're, we're fine with No, dude, I'm cussing. I'm pissed off. Like, you got to have some kind of pride. And I just don't – and I know – you know, Ty Lue and I are really good friends, is that I know he, he wasn't happy after the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Dallas, that's the team that you knocked out of the playoffs in the bubble just a few weeks ago. And then you let them come in and and do that the first time you play them the next year, beat them by 50. Yeah. I mean, so, 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 Dallas, so Dallas felt the way how they felt when they played the Lakers and, and beat Denver. You know what I'm saying? So it was like mm-hmm. Dallas didn't forget, you know, yeah. The team, because if you got some pride, you remember the team that that, that knocked you out of playoff the end of your season. They had, they had you, they had you, they got you ready to ship your cars back to whatever city you were going to. You remember that team? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a, that was the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And not having not having Kawhi, you know, is one thing. But now th- this is where when I look at superstar, because he got paid to me, he got paid superstar money. He didn't get paid like uh, like all star. He got paid superstar money. When you get to forty million dollars, you getting paid superstar money, and that's where you got to put the team in your back. 
come on, man, let's get on. Like, like get get on get on this ride. I'm I'm gonna take you on this ride. He didn't do that. He bailed out. He bailed out with his little 15 points. It was like, oh well, next game. No, dude. We paid you. Mama paid you 200 plus million dollars. That's superstar money. We talking about the neighborhood of you know. We, he might be what second or third highest paid player in the league right now. No. But 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 that money that money he was paid that money to justify all the draft picks that they gave up and the players they traded away to get him. So it wasn't based on his performance because it based on his performance, how he played in the, uh, in the bubble or in the playoff over the years, he hasn't been that good. Whether it was OKC, uh, he played, he, he played probably his best year with the Indiana in the playoff, but you know, going to OKC, you know, him and Russ never really, you know, those two really wasn't a, a great duo. And, um, you know, just how he ended last season, man, it was, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and, look, I'm glad you mentioned that 101-40 beat down on Tennessee because that – oh, we look, we was loving that, man. That's, that's, <laughs> growing up on the border of Tennessee, oh, man, that was – that was lovely because, you know yeah, – we, we, oh. we owed them dudes. Yeah, we owed them dudes because it, it, was, it, was it was a funny story, man. So we're – I think we're up in that game when we lost him in Knoxville. We might have been up like one point or two points, maybe. I think it was like maybe one. And uh, so Brassel, Jeff Brassel came in the game. And so only thing we do was box out and get the rebound. Game over with. You know, we get the rebound, we go down, shoot free throws, game over with. Boom. We win the game. So Brassel come in, huddle the guys up. It was like, hey, guys, we got to box out, get the rebound, win the game. Okay, cool. We, out. we, we, we leave Knoxville. We still rank number one in the country. And so, <laughs> so after the game, you know, so they missed the free throw, get the rebound, they score. And coach, and so coach is watching the video on the plane. And I just all of a sudden hear him scream, Jeff Bradshaw, oh. the guy he sent in to tell us to box out, then box his man out. This man <laughs> got the rebound. Oh my God. Man, it was like the worst. When I tell you a player face turned red, <laughs> we, we on this flight not knowing. What happened? But we coach saw the video and he was like, I mean, I, I can't even I can't even tell the words he said. But it <laughs> he had a few choice of words, man. That I was like, oh gosh. Man, the next time he sent somebody else in to tell the team what to do, you better do your job. That's why I tell players, whatever the coach tells you to do, do your job. Cause that's what you're responsible for, for your job. And yeah. he came in and told us what to do, but he didn't do his job. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Yes, yes. But, hey, we got him back in Rope Arena, so, hey. That's right. He made up for it. <laughs> Real quick, man, I know you got to get the session started. How's this um, college football playoff going to play out? Is, is Notre Dame about to get another beat down? And Who what, got it? No, come on, man. <laughs> what goes on with, with Clemson-Ohio State? <laughs> I think Clemson-Ohio State going to be a better game, but but Notre Dame, come on, man. Four at four o'clock tomorrow. <laughs> it's, no, actually, it's Friday. Four, yeah. four, four o'clock Friday. Uh, I hope you know what. Ho hopefully, they are competitive, man, because really nobody's giving them a chance, you know. And sometimes that's when you pay you play your best because you know nobody picking you to win anyway. So why why wouldn't you go out there and, and just dominate? And just and you tell your guys, listen, man, nobody's picking us to win. Let's go up here and shock the world. And that's the only thing they can do because they will shock the world. They will shock the world if if, if they lose by single digits. Oh my! Because I, I see them losing by like twenty. I, I see them getting a real beat down. No, 
Clemson, they just played Clemson. Now they got to play Alabama. Come on. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not going to look good. It's not, not going to be – it's, it's the, the outcome is not going to be for, – for all those Irish fans, uh, they're going to be disappointed again. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, man, tell everybody about your academy. How can they get on and sign up if they want to enroll with all that stuff? Well, if you want to enroll into – my academy, which is called, we call it TBDA, Tony Duck Basketball Academy. You go to TonyDuck.com and you can look at our calendar and you can kind of see what we're doing in our gym from shooting, um, ball handling, learning how to play the game the right way. We have a shooting machine, which uh, a few of our kids have been getting on the last couple of weeks. Uh, Vertimax, which helps, helps with your vertical, vertical jump, your acceleration, and then just the coaches that I have. You know, I'm really – Really have been impressed with the guys who've been on my staff and just how they've been breaking the game down, teaching uh, our kids how to play girls and boys, and you know just really getting ready for our AAU season that'll be coming up in March, and um, you know really just having good people, you know, good families um, that have helped us grow this, grow our academy. So I'm really impressed, and with my lady Nicole, who's done a tremendous job on keeping me and all our coaches um, on the right page, but making sure our calendar is, is something where when people see it, you know, just trying to be organized and making sure that our kids, when they come to the gym, they get the right structure and they get the right discipline. And also they have fun. We, you know, we're not all about just training, training, training. We want our kids to come in and have fun. And that's what we did last night when I had a chance to coach our sixth grade boys. We came in, we shot, we did ball handling. We did a few defensive drills. And then for the next hour and a half, I'll let them do his rock. I'll let them play because I want them to figure some things out without me helping them, the coaching staff, their parents, is how you learn how to play basketball is that you have to be in the trenches. And that's what I saw last night. So I'm excited about, you know, the growth of the academy and how you can find what I'm doing on a daily basis is go to TonyDelk.com and just put in calendar. And you'll see what we're doing Monday through Sunday. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, oh, don't forget about that Lorenzo's too. That, you know, that that Wildside Winery. Uh, they have our wine, Lorenzo's. It's it's called. Uh, we have a Chardonnay, a Cab, and a Riesling. So, whatever you like, I don't know what your palate is, but that that uh, that Cab is aged in Latin bourbon barrel for a year. So, if you like bourbon, which I know most people in Kentucky try it with that wine, Lorenzo's. You can find that in a couple different stores, but if you can't find it in stores. Go to wildsidewinery.com, type in Lorenzo's, which is my wine, my private wine label, and you have your Riesling, your Chard, and your Cab. So there should be something that, that you like, and you can start the New Year's off. Pop a bottle. Yeah, I got to see if they ship out of state so I can get some down here for sure. Go hey, man, this, this is what you do. You text me you text me your address, and I'm going to send you a bottle. I'm going to put you something in the mail, man, next year, okay? When I go okay. back to Kentucky – I'm gonna put you something in the mail. You gotta let me know if you like sweet, if you like the the shard, if you like the cab, and I'm gonna get that to you, brother. And hey, that'll that'll work. I will text that right to you. And appreciate you. Thank you in advance for that. And I'm look, I got the sweet tooth, so you know. <laughs> reason, man. I'm, I'm gonna see you some reason. <laughs> I, I know. I and you in Tennessee. Hey, when I took my reason to Tennessee, the people fell in love with it. It was like, man, this tastes. You know, because, you know, we like our lemonade and we like our, our, our sweet tea. And, and that reason fell right in, 
right right in between the two and i forgot some kool-aid so yeah, that's what they like so that's yeah, it. yeah. That's but, but it's not it's not too sweet you you'll like it. it it's not it'll put like this you won't be going to the dentist anytime <laughs> that's it and that bourbon one sounds good too, because I'm I like the I like the bourbon. I got you, man. I'm, 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 I'm gonna put your package together. I, I got something for you. I appreciate it. I'm gonna it. take care of you. So we got uh thank you in advance for sure. Oh uh, Saturday, man. We got Saturday afternoon, cats are in the tax layer bowl against NC State. And so we got a it's a double dip. Got football Saturday afternoon against North Carolina State, the bowl game, six o'clock. Cats start the first conference game against Mississippi State, so gonna be. A Can we get two game. victories? We trying to go. We trying to go two and zero, oh, man. Exactly. And our and our, and our Wildcat basketball uh, team, man. Let's get off this slide, man. We got to. We got to get a dub. We, we, we are thirsty. We we need a win. Mm-hmm. If we never, if if our program ain't never need a win, we need a win now. For sure. Badly. For sure. Keep that, get it, get off the, get the bad taste out their mouth against Mississippi State, and, and like you said, man, just, you talked about confidence last week and kind of stack some W's together and play forty minutes and look, let's start Saturday. Let's make it happen, man. It's a, a like I said, it's a new year. It should be a, a new beginning for us. So let's start the new year off with two wins, football and basketball. Let's see what happened in twenty twenty one. That's it. That's it. Appreciate you, TD, man. Help have a good session, good training session with the youngsters, and a good weekend, a good end of this week, a good start into uh, 2021, like you said, man. And, and I always appreciate you dropping all the knowledge and all the good stories, man. Absolutely. I not. try, man. I try. And y'all subscribe, rate, and review to Believe in Kentucky. Get all the insight from TD. We bring the sports and and, and we have a little comedy and a little trash talk. We we, we try to do it all. <laughs> you know how we do it believe in Kentucky, y'all. Appreciate you. All right. I'll, uh, later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.